Good evening, everyone. My name is George from Roto Imbeciles. For the next little bit of time, I'll be talking some baseball, football, and unfortunately, Christmas trees. I had to leave the great Kevin Hastings show today to go with my wife to get a Christmas tree. A fake one, of course. We don't go with an axe and chop one down. That's, that's silly. We have one, but it's a pre-lit tree and has, well, the lights are confusing. So we wanted to get one that's not a pre-lit tree. I guess they call it unlit. But uh, we got this tree we have now the last five or six years in Harrow's, but found out today there is no more Harrow's. We went to two Harrow's location on the highway and one was... Uh, there was a new building where one used to be, one Harrow's, H-A-R-R-O-W, apostrophe S. And the other one was boarded up that we went to. So we're getting off the highway uh, from Route 17 to Route 4 in Paramus. And literally, there's like five malls there, right there. And that, on that, what do they call it? Overhang, overchange, interchange, whatever of those highways and we see a store called the Christmas tree shop and you figure what would they have Christmas trees of course come on don't be stupid well we went in there there were six Christmas trees five pre-lit one unlit the one unlit was forty nine ninety five, which is pr pretty cheap for a tree because uh, some of the trees we later saw were like in the 400s but no so we didn't get any there, then we went to Target in the, on an, in another mall, a big Target. Man, this is big. We started our day at a Target in Cloister, in a small store, in a, a well, kind of a decent sized mall, the Cloister uh, Rec Mall in Cloister, New Jersey, and nothing happened, so we didn't get it there. And then we ended up buying it at the Target in Paramus, in the, one of the many malls I was in today. So after a few hours, we put the tree in the car. The only good thing about that, well, we got the tree. It was like 150 bucks, something like that, 148 bucks. I think that's what it was, something like that. That was the only good thing that happened in that store. The song Suavecito by Malo came on. Actually, uh, Carlos Santana's brother, not the Carlos Santana that plays for Cleveland, the, Carlo, the musician Carlos Santana. He of Oye Como Ba, Black Magic Woman. His brother was one of the leaders of the band Malo, which in Spanish means bad. Uh, suavecito. That was uh, the only good thing that happened in the shopping of Christmas trees over a few hours. Then, of course, my low tire, low pressure, and tires came on in my car, my lease. 
I went to the gas station on the way home. The guy puts air in all the tires. It's still the signs on, the lights on. He goes, drive a couple miles and see. So I did. I went back. He gets the computer on it for about a half hour. So by the time I came home, I and we set up a tree. Well, first of all, we didn't use the tree we bought at Target. It just, it wasn't like the the store, you know, the the model, the floor model tree. It just wasn't a big tree. It was kind of like, I'll say, the Freddie Patek of Christmas trees. If you know Freddie Patek, he was a five foot three shortstop for the Kansas City Royals. Well, this was the Freddie Patek of Christmas trees. In baseball news this past week, the Phillies declined their $7 million option on Pat Neshek. They opted to reward him with a $750,000 buyout, which is an A. I'll take it right now. Uh, if someone told me right now, George, we'll give you $750,000, not the podcast anymore. Hey, see ya. A hamstring tear in June put an end to Neshek's season. But in a seven-year period from 2012 to 2018, with five different teams, Pat Neshek had a 251 ERA, an 099 whip, in an average of 45 innings, 35 hits allowed, 42 strikeouts, nine walks, and 52 relief appearances per season. He made the NL All-Star teams in both 2014 and 2017. He also to- totaled during that time of prosperity, 13 saves, 106 holds. Before Neshek got hurt the first time in 2008, if you remember, guys, he was a pretty good relief pitcher for the Twins in 06 and 07 with an 11-4 record, a 268 ERA, an 093 whip, 67 hits allowed, 127 strikeouts and 33 walks and 107 and a third innings pitch. Neshek makes a good option for a thin bullpen, but my one proviso would be not to pitch him on back-to-back days. But Pat Neshek would flourish in a, in, a bull, in a contending bullpen, I think. And speaking of flourishing, at least this year, Yasmani Grandal declined a $16 million option to return to the Brewers. He'll get a $2.25 million buyout. Grandel signed a one-year $16 million deal with the Brewers in 2019. I think he figured I wasn't getting much of an offer out there in terms of money. I'll take the one year. And he did. He went out, had a great year, Grandel. He had career highs across the board in games played at 153. At-bats, 513. Runs, 79. Hits, 126. Home runs, 28. And that's the fourth consecutive season that Grandel had over 22, 22 or more homers. Career high in RBIs with 77, stolen bases in five, walks with 109, and on-base slugging with an 848. So I'm going to say Grandel, of all Major League catchers, was probably number one over the season. He's been one of baseball's best offensive catchers these past four seasons, averaging 61 runs, 25 homers, 69 RBIs, 71 walks, and an 814 OPS in 445 at-bats. So, yeah, as Yasmani Grandel, in my opinion, will get a deal. He could get a, I don't know, three-year, let's say, $45 million. Three-year, $48 million, something like that, I think. Uh, I'm assuming Yasmani Grandel will decline his 
didn't he get a, he got a qualifying offer from the Brewers at 17.8 million? I'm going to think he's not going to accept that offer. The A's exercised their 5.5 million dollar option on relief pitcher Yuzmiero Petit. He pitched an AL high 80 games in 2019 with five wins, a 194 batting average against, and only an 081 WHIP and 10 walks in 83 innings. He's been a fantasy stalwart out of the pen these last three seasons, averaging a 283-093 ERA whip, 67 hits allowed, and an 83-15 strikeout walk rate in 89 innings. You may remember about Pettit that on September 6, 2013, I actually do remember this, one of the few things I do remember in life, Pettit came within one out of a perfect game. In fact, he came within a strike with two outs, and two strikes in the ninth inning, Eric Chavez hit a single to right field. That would be the only shutout of Pettit's career and one of his two complete games that he's had. So, yeah, Yuzmiro Petit, or Pettit, Petit, has been pretty damn good over the years. The A's rewarded him by picking up his $5.5 million option for 2020. Over the last five seasons with four teams in two leagues, Freddie Galvis averaged 156 games played, 65 runs, 15 homers, 63 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, and a 685 OPS in 582 at-bats. In both 2017 and 2018, Galvis played all 162 games. In 2019, he posted career highs in home runs, 23, RBIs with 70, and OPS at 734. The Reds exercised their $5.5 million option on Galvis for 2020. I actually like the move for the Reds, as Galvis still plays close to gold glove level defense in the middle infield and is a good clubhouse guy. But of course, as my good friend Pat Basile says, being a good clubhouse guy and a great defensive player equals zero points on the fantasy landscape. Some good advice from my friend Pat Basile, the most unconscionable trader. He's already made 10 trades in one of my NL only leagues. And he's offered me a bunch of guys like a $6 Carson Kelly, who actually sounds like a character from an old West movie. You know, Carson Kelly. He does. He sounds like he, he was in like a John Wayne movie. Sheriff Kelly. Please let me have a little bit of Corona here. Oh, Oh, let me see some notes. I didn't get, as I said, I didn't take a lot of notes. From t I was busy. T usually, my one day off on Monday, I use the time to catch up on some of the latest news and write it down. So I'm basically winging it off the top of my head here, which probably about the same thing. Chase Anderson last week was traded by the Brewers to the Blue Jays for a minor league first baseman. The Brewers were leaning toward declining Anderson's $8.5 million option, which would have been a no-brainer in my book. And now they actually got something, anything. They got something for him. He ends his four-year run in Milwaukee with 38 wins, a 383 ERA, a 123 whip, 525 hits allowed, 505 strikeouts and 200 walks, 201 walks, excuse me, and 590 innings, so... I don't know what the plans are uh, for the Blue Jays, uh, 
about Chase Anderson. I'm sure they will put him in the back end of the rotation. When he's healthy, he's pretty serviceable. He's a serviceable third or fourth starter, which in today's landscape will net you $8.5 million anyway. So let's see what else we have. Uh, I could ask. There's no one in the chat room, I see. Let me see. Let me check the chat room. George Hupschman is in the chat room. George Hupschman, a great baseball mind in his own right. Uh, I'm gonna might, might ask myself. I have a few trivia questions. I may either wait for someone to get on or just ask myself a few of them. Uh, let's see what other news we have here. I'm gonna leave this up here. News broke uh, about a week ago that Arodis Chapman was leaning toward opting out of his two years and thirty million dollars remaining on his contract. So, the, what the Yankees did, they decided, hey, let's tack on another year and $18 million onto Chapman's contract. So, the closer will be in New York for the next three seasons. Over his 10-year career, Chapman has 883 strikeouts and 535 and two-thirds innings. He's averaged 34 saves the past eight seasons with a stout 2-1-0 ERA, 0-99 whip. 33 hits allowed in 59 innings and 99 strikeouts. So that's pretty good right there. Let's see what else we uh, we have to talk about. Maybe we'll get on a little uh, suavecito while we're... fan of the skipping of the music, but as expected, Jake Arrieta exercised his $20 million option for 2020. You figure he would. He's been on a downslope for the last three years of his career. During his Cy Young season of 2015, Arietta had one of the greatest second halves ever. From June 21st in 20 games started till the end of the season, Arietta was 16-1 and with an 086 ERA an old 70 whip, 76 hits allowed, 147 strikeouts and 27 walks in 147 innings. He won 18 games the next season with a 310-108 ERA whip, 190 strikeouts and 76 walks and 197 in the third innings. But has gotten incrementally worse since then. Arietta was shut down in mid-August and eventually had surgery to remove bone spurs. So hopefully... Jake Arrieta will shine this year with the Phillies and their new manager, Joe Girardi. We'll talk about, I was hoping, I was kind of hoping the Mets hired Joe Girardi. Their last foray into a non-experienced manager, Mickey Calloway, didn't work out all that great, let's say. And then they hired Carlos Beltran. I'd like to talk about Carlos Beltran in a little while, but first we'll talk about another great Offensive player, Nick Ahmed of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Nick Ahmed, folks, won his second consecutive National League Gold Glove Award. Ahmed has also taken his offense to a fantasy-useful level these past couple seasons. 
In 2018, he belted 16 homers, 70 RBIs, five stolen bases, 61 runs scored, a 700 OPS, and 516 at-bats. Ahmed was a little better this year, hitting two, uh, hitting uh, a 753 OPS with 19 homers, 82 RBIs, eight stolen bases, and 79 runs scored and 556 at-bats in 2019. So that was, of course, the great Nick Ahmed. I have Nick Ahmed in the NL only. I actually kept him in that league. It's a 360 uh, salary cap. I kept him for seven bucks, and I probably have to think about keeping him for uh, $12 in, in, a, in that league. But we'll see. Um, let's see what else. I had some questions. I'm going to save them until if anybody gets in the chat room. Uh, let's see what else we have. Later we we'll, may talk about Mookie Betts a little bit. Uh, we talked about Pat Nishak. We may talk about another submarine baller. Maybe two more. Uh, a little later. Uh, from 2014 to 2016, Eric Thames played in Korea and averaged 114 runs a season with 34 doubles, 41 homers, 78 walks, and 127 RBIs and 450 at-bats. Thames signed a three-year, $15 million deal with the Brewers before the 2017 season with a $7.5 million club option for 2020. That first th- season, Thames had 31 homers, 83 runs, 75 walks, and an 877 OPS. He struggled to the tune of 218 in 2018 and rebounded a bit this past season with 25 homers, 61 RBIs, and an 851 OPS in 396 at-bats. In Thames' career, he's only a 197 hitter versus left-handers and 254 versus right-handers. So in turning down a $7.5 million option, the Brewers felt it was too much to pay a platoon back at first base. I, I could see that. Well, so. so. Let's see who's on in the chat room. George Hupschman is in the chat room. George, maybe you could answer a couple questions. I'd like to talk about, and I meant to talk about him last week, and I think I had him on my purview or preview, Otis Nixon. Otis Nixon shares the single-game stolen base Major League record with six on June 16th, 1991. He also holds the Atlanta Braves single-season record for stolen bases with 72 in 1991. I wonder if, and nowadays, the stolen base has gone by the way of hula hoops and pet rocks. But I wonder if Ronald Acuna one day will approach that 72 stolen base mark of Otis Nixon back in 1991. Incidentally, the last year I smoked pot, 1991. So that was about 29 years ago, 28 years ago. In 1982, Nixon stole 107 bases in a combined season between the AAA Nashville Sounds, the AA Nashville Sounds, and the AAA Columbus Clippers. In the minor leagues, Nixon led the league twice in stolen bases in 1980 in the Southern League with 67 and 1983 in the International League with 94. He led in runs scored in 1980 with 124 
1983 with 129, hits 162 in 1983 in the International League, and at-bats that same season. So he was pretty good in the minor leagues. Came up a little late in the majors. He had 113 uh, walks in 1980, also 110 in uh, 1991. 113 stolen bases, I'm sorry, and 110 in 1981. Uh, He was an infielder, I remember, from the Yankee chain. Switched to the outfield in 1983 due to his superior speed and his penchant for making errors. He had 56 errors in 126 games at shortstop in 1981 for Nashville. Nixon was one of only two men to steal 50 bases for four different teams. Can anybody name the other? I can, but uh, Otis Nixon, only two men ever in baseball have stolen 50 bases for uh, four teams. Nixon did it for the Expos in 1990, the Braves in 1991, the Rangers in 1995, and the Blue Jays in 1996. Nixon, over his major league career, stole 620 bases, struck out 694 times, walked 585 times, had a 270 batting average in 5,115 at-bats, scored 878 runs, 1,379 hits, 11 homers, 318 RBIs, and a 658 OPS. As I said, Nixon was somewhat of a late bloomer, as he accrued only 650 major league at bats before the age of 30. Otis Nixon also battled uh, a cocaine habit for much of his career. He was arrested on drug charges in 1987 while a member of the Cleveland Indians organization. Nixon failed a drug test in September 1991 and was suspended for 60 days, which caused Nixon to miss the 1991 World Series. Nixon got back in the 1992 World Series by making an out, trying to bunt his way on base. The only time in baseball history that a series ended on a bunt. And that we could thank Otis Nixon for that. Otis, my man Nixon. Oh, that corona went quick. Also, so. I was looking up something, but if some guys were in a chat room, I was going to ask. And I was surprised about this. I thought there'd be like three or four. Uh, there are probably at least 20. I didn't count. I wrote them all down. Players that were on the Hall of Fame ballot all 15 seasons. It used to be, now it's 10 seasons. It used to be 15. But whole, uh, players on the ballot all 15 seasons that weren't elected to the Hall of Fame. I might keep that question for next week. If no one's on, I might keep a few of these things uh, for next week. Let's see. Yeah, got a lot of stuff here. Let's see what else we could talk about. Well, I could ask, I'll just ask these in case anyone's listening at a later date on a podcast. At a later date, who was the last catcher to catch at least 1,000 innings without allowing a pass ball? That's a good one. I heard that this week. And I also heard the last uh, teammates that finished one-two in the Cy Young uh, voting. That's those are two questions. I'm just throwing them out there for now. Uh, maybe you know what? I'm gonna even write them down here. I'm by myself. What the hell?
I'll ask that again. Who was the last major league catcher to log at least a thousand innings behind the plate without a pass ball? And my other question, I think Lenny had put this out in one of his shows a couple months ago. Uh, the last time that teammates were one, two in the Cy Young voting. That's a was a good answer to on that one. So I'm going to leave those. Uh, I have a couple other questions. If anyone is on after, we'll ask a few. We're going to talk about those players. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to write that also. Which uh, MLB players lasted all 15 years on the ballot without getting voted in? To the Hall of Fame. Okay, that's a good one, too. I mean, there's a lot of them. We could just, you know, nobody's getting... Unless, if Douglas was here, yes. He would get them. One guy I did want to talk about. I don't know why. I kind of had, had the notes last week. The particulars of D.B. Cooper's clever airborne crime and daredevil getaway. Remember D.B. Cooper, the guy that got on a plane... It's, uh, over the years, it's been pondered, picked on, picked over, recapitulated for more, like four decades almost. In 1971, remember? D.B. Cooper hijacked and threatened to blow up an airliner, extorted 200000 from its owner, Northwest Orient. I don't even know if they're around anymore, Northwest Orient. Uh, but it sounds like the type of airline that would get extorted for 200000 by a guy like D.B. Cooper. Then he leaped from the airborne 727 with 21 pounds of $20 bills strapped to his torso. He was never seen again, dead or alive. The crime was perfect if he lived and perfectly crazy if he didn't. But that was D.B. Cooper. Remember the show Wanted Dead or Alive. I think that was uh, Steve McQueen. He also met an early death, Steve McQueen of cancer. In 19, back, back in, I think, 1980, the same year John Lennon passed away. Back in 1980. So, I think my wife right now is online looking at Christmas trees. Online. I don't know if uh, we could do anything about it. But um, but those are the questions out there right now. We talked about Erodus Chapman. Uh, I want to talk about, eventually, today, Roberto Perez, of course. Uh, I'm not quite ready to talk about Roberto Perez yet. I'm going to just seeing if there's a, here's another question too. I want to throw it out there. The criteria of this question is 300 plate appearances. So I'm going to write that in. Criteria is 300 plate appearances. The 10 lowest OPSs. Can we make that plural? OPSs? Yeah, let's do it. In the MLB, in the majors. In 2019. Do we know that? The criteria of that is 300 plate appearances. So if anyone gets on, we can do something there with that. Okay, so keep me posted if anyone gets on. Of course, I could answer all these questions right now, but I would be cheating. I have the notes in front of me. So... 
There was another submariner. Remember? Remember anybody? Remember Chad Bradford? He was a submariner. He spent parts of 12 seasons in the majors, garnering 561 appearances, 36 wins, a 326 ERA, a 129 whip, gave up 527 hits, 313 strikeouts, 137 walks, and 515 and two-thirds innings. He also added 11 saves. And Brad, Bradford had an exemplary postseason career. ZRA was 039, microscopic, as they say, a 103 whip, 18 hits allowed, 13 strikeouts and six walks, one earned run and 23 in the third innings. He reached the postseason with five different teams. I wonder how many, and I didn't look it up. Maybe I will uh, look that up. But how many guys have reached the postseason with five different teams? That was a, a submariner, Chad Bradford. We talked about another submariner earlier, Pat Neshack. Could anybody, uh, I'm going to put that down here. Can we name uh, submarine pitchers, let's call it. It's like a sandwich. Pitchers over the last 20 seasons. Of course, there were some good ones back in the 70s and 80s. Maybe I will bring them up in a little while. Uh, Let's see what else we could talk about. You know, I've kind of been known to talk to myself a lot in my life. So uh, this actually works out pretty well for me right now. Let's see. Got some notes here. But maybe we can name a few of the submarine pitchers over the last 20 seasons in the majors. I've got, I've got a couple notices here. I have more guys that are IMing me with stuff. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan Summercorn. Macklin Hickey, of course, is on the IM. Like the pine trees lining the winding road, I've got a name, I've got a name. Like the singing bird and the croaking toad, I've got a name. I've got a name, and I carry it with me like my daddy did, but I'm living the dream that he kept me. Rolling me down the highway, rolling me down the highway, moving ahead till I won't pass the by. Of course, the great, the late great Jim Croce, right there, died, died in a plane crash at 30. Uh, Mookie Betts, his last four seasons, 2016 to 2019, averaged 122 runs, 184 hits, 44 doubles, 29 homers, 94 RBIs, 24 stolen bases, 76 walks, and a 917 OPS. In these four seasons, he's made four all-star teams, four gold gloves, three silver sluggers, and he won the MVP in 2018 with a second-place finish in 2016. And he just turned 27 last month. And to think the Red Sox might be entertaining thoughts of trading Mookie Betts. It's tough now. Everybody's trying to stay under the threshold. And J.D. Martinez kind of 
flung him a curve there by uh, not opting out of his deal, which I said he wouldn't opt out of his deal. Marianne Hupschman's in the room. Marianne, did we get a Christmas tree online? You could answer. Did we get a Christmas tree online? No, dear, we did not. Why not? I cannot buy a tree unless I see that it looks realistic. Like the one today. We actually went to a place. I was saying the only good thing that happened was hearing Suavecito by Carlos Santana's brother. Uh, So what are we saying? We're not going to get a tree. Are we going to keep this tree? We're keeping our tree, and we're going to fucking decorate it. We're going to decorate it right now, in fact. I'll be getting, I'll, I'll be cutting it short tonight, but to decorate, or not even decorate, I don't know, Marianne, what we're going to do, but uh, we got, I'm going to save some stuff for next week, which might be better. It might be a better week for George Hupschman. It's going to be a better week. It will be, my wife says, it will be, uh, because uh, it can't be a worse day, let's say, but it was fun. Being on tonight between July, I, I gotta say one thing. Uh, I'm gonna close this door in the office. Wait, let's see if we can. Between July 31st and August 12th, 2013. Now get those dates. It's only what, like 12 days, 11 days. Adam Rosales was DFA'd by the AIDS, claimed by the Rangers, DFA'd by the Rangers. Claimed by the A's. DFA'd by the A's and claimed by the Rangers. All those happened in those mighty 13 days of 2013. Adam Rosales did announce his retirement from baseball on Tuesday. Like Uncle Joe on Petticoat Junction. I said, retired from what, Adam? To take a coaching job in the A's organization. Rosales played for eight different uh, clubs in his major league career, the Reds, Athletics, Rangers, Padres, Diamondbacks, Phillies, Indians, and the Twins. His best season, as we say in quotes, his best season was 2016 with San Diego when he had career highs of 37 runs, 13 homers, three triples, four stolen bases, 29 walks, and an 814 OPS in 214 at-bats. The next season, Rosales established career highs with 289 at-bats, 16 doubles, and 36 RBIs. He does retire with a 226 batting average and 1,621 at-bats, 48 homers, 179 RBIs, and a 656 OPS. One other thing I wanted to mention, we talked about D.B. Cooper. How about Cooper Cup? From weeks two to five, Cooper Cup averaged 150 yards receiving on 8.5 catches. Impossible. Eight and a half catches a week. Had a shade over 31 points a game in fantasy in my league. I did play against him in my PPR league this week. But after a few slow weeks at the office, Cup busted out in week eight, the week before the bye for the Rams with 220 yards. On seven catches, good for 45 points. And as I said, this week 10, I was playing Cooper Cup in my PPR league. We could have had 100 points this week. He had zero, believe it or not. He had zero. Nary a catch on four targets, pitching a shutout against yours truly. 
George Hupschman. In my other league, of course, I had David Johnson throw a shutout for me, gaining two yards on five carries with a reception for eight yards. So I was offered a trade in that league. I was offered Chris Carson to a guy that was playing for next year for for uh, Cortland Sutton. I was offered uh, – I'm going to have to go back and check it out here uh, on my in my mail. Let's see. What? My computer is a little slow. It does act a little slow. But Cooper Cup did have a shutout this week, as did my own, very own David Johnson. So let's see what that offer was. From Hank the Tank. Hank the Tank. Uh, oh, he offered me, not Chris Carson, I'm sorry, Sony Michelle of the Patriots and Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers for Chase Edmonds. He's playing for next year. And Cortland Sutton. Does anyone have any feeling on that trade? I may write that in here. Uh, This is a non-PPR league we're talking about. I was offered. Wait, let me me get that R capitalized here. Uh, In a non-PPR league. Uh, Who did I say again? Uh, Sony Michelle. Sony, wasn't that the name of a, of like an electronics company? And, of course, the great Devontae Adams for Cortland. I like that name, Cortland something. Remember Palmer Cortland from All My Children, James Mitchell. He was in Oklahoma. Oklahoma! Oklahoma! Could anybody name the capital of Oklahoma for me, please? Oklahoma, James Mitchell played Palmer Cortland in All My Children, which I watched. He was married to uh, Daisy Cortland. Daisy Cortland was also in, what was that show? With Ken Berry was in it. Not the center fielder for the Indians and the White Sox in the 60s. A gold glove winning center fielder, incidentally. Ken Berry was also in F Troop, playing Captain Wilton Parmenter. The end of the Civil War was near, went quite accidentally. The hero who sneezed, abruptly sneezed, retreat and reversed it to victory. Well, here's that offer. It was Chase Edmonds and Cortland Sutton for my guys. And I was getting Devontae Adams and Sony Michelle. I probably should do that if I want to win this year. And in fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to accept that trade right now. I just accepted it on, on the site. It's the first trade I've accepted this year in that league, in any football league. I've, I've turned down a few. Let me go back to the league home. I'm actually down six in that league right now. My opponent is out of ammunition, and I am beholding Russell Wilson this evening. So if Russell Wilson doesn't score six points, this is the guy that made the offer, Hank the Tank. Devontae Adams had 11 points for him this week, and uh, Sony Michelle. Uh, what did he do? I don't see Sony Michelle on this team. So maybe, maybe, oh, uh, oh, wait a minute. Okay. I see. I'm not sure what I see here. Oh, I accepted the trade. So now they're on my team. I think Sony Michelle's on my team. Let's see. That's interesting. And Chase Edmonds is on his team. I guess they didn't do the other part yet. 
with Devontae Adams and uh, let me see if I have them. Uh, Devontae Adams is still on Hank the Tank. And who's the other guy that we talked about? Uh, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton is on his team. So I didn't get... uh, Interesting. I'm hoping it wasn't a two-for-one. I just accepted. But I did accept uh, Devontae Adams. So it gets me a little nervous now. I don't see him on my team. Right now. Yeah, it says we'll give Sony Michelle and Devontae Adams for Chase Edmonds and Cortland Sutton. Not Palmer Cortland. Or not Ken Berry from F2. I remember Edward Everett Horton was, what was he, the medicine man, uh, crazy horse. Everett Everett Horton. So, but that team also has Cooper Cup on it. I, I should have asked for Cooper Cup instead, but. I did accept it. And now let's see if it happens that way. Maybe because they were all on a bench this week. I think they were all on a bench. Maybe that's why I didn't get them. Uh, Let's see what else we're going to... I might table, since no one's on tonight, I I appreciate, you know, every week, guys like Kevin getting on and Douglas and Andrea occasionally and Unholy Toledo. But uh, I'm going to call it an evening right now. 